Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Thank you. Thank you, Grant. Are you gonna stay up here the whole time? Cause you can, if you want to. <laughs> nope, he says goodbye. <laughs> Happy Sunday, everybody. How good is it to be here? So good. If you're hot, it's hot in here. We've got fans over there. We've got fans over here. The building sprung a few leaks, but it is so good to be in the house of the Lord, is it not? Yes? Yes, yes, yes. So I just got to say that this series, Jesus People, has been one of my absolute favorites. They just keep getting better and better. If you guys did not hear the message that Matt did about being born again, y'all heard it? So good. Share that stuff. Share it around on the YouTubes. If you don't follow us on YouTube, open up your phone right now, follow us, share that link around, okay? Because it is a message that is so necessary and so needed for our generation today. Amen? Yes? Okay. So anyhow, we're going to do the prayer this morning, the creed. And this morning, I just want you to look at it a little differently as we all say it together. I want you to really pay attention to, to what it's saying, what it's calling you to, and, and what you're committing yourselves to. Okay? All right. They're going to throw that up there. There it is. Father God, build your church that the gates of hell would not prevail against her. Give us your heart. Give us your words. Give us your power. Create in us a zeal for your house and a longing for your presence. Fill, purify, and mark us. Make us like Jesus. Set us apart. Make us a holy nation. Make your presence known. Right here. Right now. Establish signs and wonders among your people. Pour out your spirit upon us. We will be your people. You will be our God. We declare your kingdom come and your will be done in our city as it is in heaven. Let revival come. And all of God's people said, Amen. So good. God is so, so, so good. Jesus, people, are you alive in the house this morning? Yes? There is something that, as Jesus people, that we need to talk about, that we need to be so aware of, and that thing that we're going to talk about this morning is unity, okay? I don't know what it is, but this year, no matter where I've been, in the workplace, in social settings, at church, the Holy Spirit's just been going off inside of me, Rambo on the Tambo, about unity, okay? Unity in our workplace, unity in our families, unities in the body of Christ that is the church. Yes? 
Today we're going to explore the relationship between renewing our minds and unity within the body of Christ. If you look out there right now at the world, if you're seeing what I'm seeing and I know that you are, it's nothing but disunity. It's a lot of different people feeling a lot of different things, all screaming it at the same time at the top of their lungs, trolling each other into hopelessly busted up lives, yes? That's what the world looks like right now. And as the world looks like that, God's people are called even greater, even more strongly to unity. If you want to turn in your Bibles to um, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to go through the whole chapter. Okay? Hamza's excited. He wants to go through the whole chapter. It's not that long, so it'll be okay. Starting in 4.2, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of our love. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. And if we're looking for a definition for unity, that is it right there. That we would be unified in love as one body with one spirit, with a shared hope for the future, and one faith in a one true God who is living in us and through us. And I believe for true unity to take place in the body of Christ, we need all of those things. And those things are the difference between being Christ-like and being like Christ. Have you ever heard a parent say, well, that wasn't very Christ-like? Anybody? Nobody? Man, I heard that all the time. I was raised Catholic, so <laughs> I heard that a lot. That wasn't Christ-like. Shoot, you need to do some, some inner thinking, some, some prayer time. That wasn't Christ-like. But to break it to you, we don't want to be Christ-like. Any eyebrows go up? I'm looking for Evan. We want to be like Christ, okay? There's a difference between being Christ-like and being like Christ. To be Christ-like is to break Christ's behaviors into agreeable virtues and apply those to our culture, society, and our world so that we can feel like good people. That's what being Christ-like is. Even non-believers can be Christ-like and not know Christ. When we turn our focus to not being Christ-like, but being like Christ, we become like Christ through our relationship with him. We begin to reflect his complete likeness, not pieces and parts. It is a whole sanctification of your whole person. Are you picking up on the difference between Christ-like and like Christ? When we are like Christ, our minds, our hearts, our perspectives, our attitudes, our lives, both mortal and eternal, are changed forever. Instead of being virtuous, we are choosing to be holy. Instead of being virtuous, we are choosing to be holy, set apart and sanctified. New thinking, new living, new beings like Christ. Do you hear me, people? Have you ever known someone 
or a group of people where they all hang out together and they start sounding like each other, dressing like each other. They come over to my house, they walk away with a haircut like my husband, looking like each other. Yes? So we all know that who we choose to spend our time with, who we let speak into our lives, changes us dramatically. It changes how we live, how we act. That's just the truth. And that's the way that it should be with Christ. In verse 13, it continues by talking about building up the church by its shepherds and its teachers. And it goes on in verse 11 to say, this will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And that's what it's talking about when it says that he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. It is to understand the fullness and the completeness of the standard of Christ. That as we learn and we grow and we transform under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, we are becoming more and full, complete standards of Christ. When we're seeing the world, we're seeing through the eyes of Christ when we are seeing people, we are seeing through the eyes of Christ. When we are being drawn together as one body, it is the body of Christ. In verse 14, it talks about as we grow in this way, no one and no thing will be able to deceive us. We won't be confused or befuddled by new teachings that crop up here or there on TikTok or Instagram. Do you hear me, people? <laughs> We won't be tricked by how clever a sound it sounds, like the truth. It's not the truth. We won't be deceived. In verse 15, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That is so good. Who doesn't want more of that in their life, right? I think at one time or another, we have all felt disjointed, like we don't have a place. And the body of Christ, everyone comes. Everyone has a place. And by being you and who God's called you to be, you help other people grow. I love that. I love that so, so much. And for people who come to take over and whether they stay or they're just visiting or, or they pass on for another place, one thing that we have heard so many times, and I don't think it'll change, is that the culture here is different. The culture here is different. It's a tribe. It's a family. It's, it's a community like something they haven't experienced before. It's a body that is healthy and growing and full of love. So what does it take to nurture those characteristics within the body. Does anybody want to know? Yes, you all want to know. I'm going to tell you. You hear me, people? Oh, hear <laughs> so to see this within the body of Christ, what we need is the renewing of our minds. Who's heard of this? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So I've always struggled with that thought of renewing my mind. What does that look like to renew my mind? Is it just a switch that gets flipped? Is it a special prayer that you pray? What does it look like to renew 
your mind. The renewal of one's mind does indeed take prayer, as we know, but it also takes recognizing that which is not of Christ, okay? The renewing of our mind takes us recognizing that which is not like Christ, uprooting it with the help of the Holy Spirit and replacing it with his nature. Ephesians 4.22 says, throw off your old and sinful nature and your former way of life. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. In the NIV version, it says, put off your old self. I've often heard it referred to as the shadow man the version of you that was before the Christ came and rescued you. I think of Peter Pan and how his shadow splits and it almost has its own personality, right? And he has to go and he has to try to reattach it to itself. It's this shadow man, this old self, which has been corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In Colossians, it talks about when we're saved, our sin nature is literally cut out of us. There's something that is severed when we're saved by Christ. It is cut. It no longer has the power of death and the grave over who we are. What remains when that sin nature is cut is that nature that is more normalized to sinning than it is to being saved. When you're saved, your sin nature is cut out of you, but a nature remains that is more used to sinning than it is to being sanctified. You hear me? The old self must be put on, off, and the new self must be put on. The chapter goes on and lists the areas of the old nature that can be replaced, that we will be replaced and what they can be replaced with. In 425, it says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to those in needs. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to all those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. It says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And then it goes and it breaks down even further. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as the Lord Christ forgave you. Obviously, we can all relate to this. We all still struggle with some of these things. And that's the beauty of renewing our minds. It's that all of these things, there is something that is holy and righteous that they can be plucked out and replaced with. 
replace telling lies with being honest and being generous. Don't let anger control you, but rather let forgiveness and understanding flow from you. Stop stealing and again, instead be generous to those that are around you and it will change and alter the condition of your heart. It will be that new nature. These and many more are aspects that each and every one of us struggle with, have struggled with more severely, struggle with less now, but at one time or another, we are all wrestling with any number of these things. The wild thing is, is how strongly we can relate this to following a rule book, right? Don't do this, do that instead. This is not acceptable. This is acceptable, right? Right? That is the difference between being Christ-like and being like Christ. It's not a rule book. It's not, you have to do this and you cannot do that. It is being conditioned to be like Christ. Being Christ-like means you're virtuous because that's what sec- well, that is what is socially acceptable, to follow some type of social etiquette. By being like Christ, it means he lives within you. He is the new nature. You are supernaturally being transformed into a righteous and holy creature with, to take no credit of your own except that you chose to love and accept him of his being the one who created you and the only one who can help you realize your greatest potential and your truest self. How does that sound? To know our truest self. Does that sound good? I think there's some of us who still struggle with that dramatically in a big way. And there's nothing wrong with that. With the world screaming as loud as it does and saying all the things it does about you and everybody else, how are we supposed to know our truest self? By dying to ourselves and letting that Christ man come up inside of us. By putting that true nature on and letting it change who we are so dramatically that we barely recognize ourselves anymore. That's what he's done in me. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. I think you're going to come away today with some things to talk about after service. Amen, people. The reality of him living within us is so real by the power of the Holy Ghost that the scripture actually says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Have you ever fallen back into your sin nature? Raise your hand, my hand is up. Yes. Have you ever felt deep within you a grieving? Like something is not, yeah, put your hands up, yes. That's good. It means the Holy Spirit is in there and he's letting you know that something is funky. And you've let something in that should not be, right? He's grieved. He's, he's bothered. He is mourning. There is a mourning that is taking place inside of your life. It's the Holy Spirit so deeply connected to your inner working, so a part of you as a child of God that your behavior or the lies that you're believing or how you've been speaking to others has offended it. And that's good. Not good to offend, but good to feel. Good to sense when we have offended the Holy Spirit. Because with that, with making and grieving that Holy Spirit, 
the sin that we've been partaking in or committing, it won't feel like it used to before we knew Christ, right? Before we knew Christ, we could do stuff like that and it, we wouldn't feel that spirit be offended. We wouldn't feel that agitation or that uncomfortability. When that happens and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and it feels differently now that you are a saved and new being, you will have conviction attached to that feeling. There will be conviction that comes. And do we know what conviction is? Who was here last week? Raise your hand. Conviction is a state of being convinced. And Matt preached on being convinced last week. We only receive to the level that we are convinced. Do we remember that from last week? What we truly believe about and receive from God is what we are convinced of. Convinced of his goodness. Convinced of his healing. Convinced of his forgiveness. To the level that we are convinced is the level that we will receive. Okay? So that conviction is a state of being convinced, convinced that something is not right, convinced, and we are convinced this morning, are we not? Yes? That something that we have allowed in does not belong. And in turn, we can replace hate with love, fear with joy, worry for peace, impatience with patience, cruelty with kindness, wretchedness for goodness, faithlessness with faithfulness, harshness with gentleness, and doing whatever the heck we like with self-control. Amen? Those right there that I just went through, those are all fruits of the Spirit. And when the Lord is living inside of you and growing inside of you and transforming, and you're taking off that shadow man, that old nature, and putting him on, those fruits of the Spirit will grow to replace those old and dead things. Do you hear me this morning, people? Those are just listing a few. There are many, many more that the Lord works throughout our lives, transforming into new natures. One of the thoughts that I've been exploring while writing this message is that when it comes to renewing our minds, this idea of what we struggle most with, hear me, okay? Hear me. What we struggle most with in our sin nature can be mirrored to our strongest gifts in our spirit nature. Does that make sense? The thing that we struggle with the most in our sin nature will be equally and opposite mirrored in our spirit nature. It will be our strongest gifts. Okay? Just bear with me. I'm, I'm going to explain it to y'all. What does it mean? It means a few weeks ago, we were at Babe Crew, and we were actually going through this exact scripture. If you don't come to Babe Crew, you need to come. It is amazing. It'll bless you. <laughs> Except you're, unless you're a guy. You know, Zach's always trying to get in there, and it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, we have, we have fun. We have fun, but we also have, we also have really good, honest conversations. And it was, we were getting pretty honest. It was getting pretty for real. And we were sharing about the things that we struggle with the most. For some, it was patience. For other, it was casting judgment. Someone shared that they struggle very, very deeply with their identity. And I personally shared that at times I'm grieved to admit it, but I, I struggle with uncontrollable rage. 
even with God's salvation, there are areas that we will continue to wrestle within until we are perfect and a monk and on our way to heaven. Amen. Okay? That's one of the things I always say. Nikki's heard me say it so many times. By the time I am in my 50s, I'm going to say 50s. I almost said 60s, but I want it sooner than that. Okay? So maybe 40s. I want to be as chill as a monk. I don't want anything to bother me. I don't want to get up in a tizzy. I don't want anger or rage to even touch my life anymore. Amen, people? Pray for me. For some people, they struggle with trust, and it goes deep down inside of them that they are constantly assuming the worst about people. They're assuming that people are talking about them, laughing at them, casting judgment on them, so much so that it keeps them from being in community, okay? I'm going to tell you something. I'll let you in on a little secret. You're never going to be able to read somebody else's thoughts, okay? Not mine, not hers, not his. You're never going to be able to look inside of their brain and know what they're thinking. And if they're human, which they probably are, they're probably thinking about themselves, right? Not about you, okay? But this is a nature that can be deep down inside of you, that it keeps you out of community. It keeps you from being loved and being trusted and being healed. And that is not what God has for you. He has so much more for you. If you think about it, we've all been there. We've all been in that place of assuming what people are thinking about us. And it is exhausting, y'all. I can barely think for myself sometimes. I don't want to be thinking about for everybody else and assuming what they're thinking or saying or whatever. And at this church, I just got to say, I'm so blessed by Takeover because there is not one tiny little bit of gossip in this whole dang place. And it blesses me. Does it bless you? Yes, Matt says we smash gossip here. For another person, it could be bitterness. And bitterness can come from hurt or betrayal of someone that we loved and trusted or just experiences that we've had in life. And we all know those people that when there is a root of bitterness, it is evident, you know, because the words that come out of their mouth are like poison, not necessarily directed towards you, but oh my gosh, do they have a sting. And we're called to be life-giving. We're called to be givers of life. And if you have a root of bitterness, there is no way that life is gonna be coming up out of you until that root is pulled up. Amen, people? It is a deep and painful thing. It turns the most beautiful and flavorful meal, because I'm really hungry right now, into ash in your mouth. That is what bitterness does. And for me, as I've shared, I have just struggled at times with just blinding rage. And as I was moving through this and as I was praying and I was not anticipating sharing this at all, I can pinpoint where it started. I know exactly where it came from. And this is my theory, okay? Listen to me, hear me out. This is my theory for all of us. I think that when God designs us in the womb, when he puts us together, he doesn't play around. He knows exactly who you are, who you've been called to be, and he places unique gifts within each and every one of us from the very beginning of our existence. I think he places those inside of us. And one day, when our eyes are open and it's revealed to us who God is, those gifts can explode 
and change the world, right? I think from the onset of our birth, the enemy knows that one day we will know who God really is. And in knowing who he is, we will discover the gifts within ourselves. And from the very beginning, he does everything he can to try to twist those gifts up inside of us and corrupt them because he can't make anything. He's not God. All he can do is twist and pervert. He will use life to hurt us and bury those giftings down deep inside of us that instead of those giftings coming up by what we experience and go through, a sin nature will come up. Instead of that spiritual nature rising up, a sin nature will rise up. Are you hearing me? Now, right now, something might be coming to the forefront of your mind. Some sin nature that you still struggle with. Put a pin in it, okay? Don't let it move. Don't lose it. Because we're going to talk about it. The one that I struggle the most consistently with is rage. And that might shock you. Some of you just might be like, what? No way. Yes way, man. Ask my husband. <laughs> he knows all about it. It's not pretty. And I'm not proud of it. But I do know that opposite that rage is an even stronger and greater spiritual gifting. Yes? So as we were talking about this at Babe Crew, I'm looking at Angie because she was there and I, I remember distinctly us chatting about it. We were saying that there is an equal and opposite gifting. And as I was praying about it, I was like, shoot, what is mine? What's the opposite of rage? Hmm? And I thought, and Matt thought, praise would be the opposite of rage. Yes? Have you guys seen me praise? <laughs> Have you seen me praise the Lord? <laughs> it's intense. It's intense in, in a good way. And in turn, that praise, I am also an encourager of people. I see the people who are often overlooked and I am able to just pour my love out on our community. And not everybody has that gifting, but I know that that is mine. I think my whole life, the enemy spent all of his time trying to convince me that I was invisible. That no one saw me. They didn't love me. And how crazy is it that the reflection of that is the gift to see everyone and to love everyone. I can pinpoint the exact season where the pressure was on and that rage nature first came up out of me. When I graduated from college, I went to art school. Probably not a great idea if you want to uh, be gainfully employed and make lots of money. Um, we can talk if you wanna go into that field. But anyway, I'm independently wealthy now. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I am Matt Sugar Mama, so we can do this thing. You know what I mean? So when I graduated a long time ago from college, uh, the country was in a recession, which was delightful. Um, it was very, very hard for me to find a job in my field. And when I finally did, I was only making one or two more dollars an hour than minimum wage, which if you think about it, carrying a college education around in a debt, it's heavy. It, it's, it's not enough. And I was so grateful to have the job, but I don't know what it was 
in me, but my boss, she hated me. She hated me. And she turned the full force of her bitterness and anger and resentment towards me and making me miserable. She verbally abused me. She embarrassed me in front of other people. She made comments about my appearance and my intelligence. And she went as far as to call me a liar in front of management. And I stayed with that company for years. Not too many years, but <laughs> years. And by the time I finally left, the HR manager who had been there the entire time told me she could not believe that I held in as long as I did and that she would have left a long time ago. It tells me that she wasn't doing her job. That's what it tells me. During my time there, I lost a ton of weight. I don't really have that much to lose, so it was kind of frightening. I had to have all my pants tailored. They would fall off my butt if I did not have them tailored. And my hair fell out of my head in clumps. And I had the most strongest anxiety and panic attacks I have ever had in my life. And for the first time, I ever experienced road rage. It might be small, it might sound laughable, but I had never experienced anything like that in my life. Driving into work, having somebody cut me off, screaming at the top of my lungs, my blood is pounding in my head, and rage inside of me had risen up. I remember not long after that first experience shooting hoops with my dad, and my dad if you haven't met him, he is just a salt of the earth. He is just such a good man. A few words, and I could tell that his heart was hurting for me in this season as I was, I mean, falling apart right in front of his eyes. And I think he was trying to encourage me and tell me, you're gonna get through this. It's gonna be okay. It'll be good again. And I remember looking at him and saying, I don't think I will ever be the same person ever again. I think something deep inside of me has died and I don't think I will ever be the same. And seeing his expression on his face, it was heavy, it was painful, and it hurt so, so bad. And after getting kicked around and humiliated and lied about, that rage is what stood up inside of me. Not that praise, not that grace, that rage. And the enemy had so orchestrated events in my life time after time, little hurts that my mind would come back to, that that is all what it led to in that season was that nature rising up inside of me. And he knew that the strongest gift inside of me was going to be seeing others, loving others, building them up, encouraging them, pushing them forward. He knew that he had to do everything he could to poison and corrupt that gift. You hear me, people? Well, I love to break to the devil and I just love stepping on his neck, but I'm never going to stop loving people, seeing people, encouraging people, building them up, pressing them on, protecting them. I'm never going to stop. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is who God has called me to be. 
And when people, people doubt my sincerity or my genuineness, I know it's not a reflection of who I am. I know it's because of what they've experienced in the world. Later when I left that job, the boss that I had after, he actually met someone that I used to work with in that place and asked them if I was really that kind, really that sweet, because it seemed too good to be true. But that's what God had called me to. No credit of my own. He is the one who has made me this way. When I took off that old nature of rage and I put on that new nature of praise, I, I didn't have any idea that this is what would come out of me. That I could be a pastor and a shepherd and a friend and a sister to all of you. And when you look at it like that, it really, 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 really isn't about us. It's about how much God personally loves you. The beautiful gift he has put on the inside of you and that the enemy hates you and he will do anything to kill that thing, that thing that makes you the most you in the eyes of God and in the kingdom of heaven, amen? And the journey between those two places, between rage and praise, was the renewing of my mind. The journey between whatever and whatever for you will be the renewing of your mind. What is it? There you go, good. Taking out the lies that I had believed about myself for so long, and even when I didn't feel it, replacing them with the truth. Even when I did not feel it. The more we discover the proof, truth, the more we become like Christ, the more we become like Christ, the more we will be a unified body stripped of selfishness, greed, anger, lies, Hatred, judgment, fear, bitterness, and yes, rage. In Ephesians 4, 7, it says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. He has given each one of you a special gift. We have all received the gift of salvation, but the gift that I am speaking to is special, unique to only you. He gave it to you. And that word gift in the Greek translates to grace. And the word grace is defined as divine assistance. I believe that we are called to one body and we are called to one church and community. And I believe with that divine assistance, it can look like something this world rarely sees. You hear me, people? Those giftings within us, that gift that is so like Christ that it shines the brightest in you and another gift that shines the brightest in someone else overlap and so on and so on. And in that beautiful overlap, together in love with the spirit and peace, we become the body of Christ in all of its richness and fullness. Yes? In Ephesians 4.16, it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of what? Love. Say again. Love. And the renewing of our minds and the removing of the old nature, 
that nature must first and foremost be recognized. Okay? It could be something that you've been sitting with for a very long time, that you've known and recognized as, as a sin nature, as an old nature, as that shadow man. It could be something that this is like new to you. And, and you're thinking, I don't really know what that is. And that's okay. That's all right. You are in the right place to discern and cut that sucker out. If you, that gifting though will be mirrored once you're able to discern what that sin nature is. The gifting that the enemy has tried to bury deep down inside of you and hide we can get you walking in your full potential with the spirit of Christ and that new nature. Has there been a sin nature that as I've been talking that you've been able to put a pin in? Anybody? Yes? Yes? This is good. This is good. This is what it's about. One person's nature of being an outsider and belonging nowhere might be reflected in being a home for everyone and being a family for those who do not have family. A sin nature of lying can be mirrored in its greatest conviction in who God is and testifying in his goodness. The nature of impatience given over to the Lord can be replaced with the greatest abundance of patience imaginable. And the nature of worry can be replaced with a fearlessness like this world has never seen. The nature of pride can be taken off and replaced with humility and instead of pride in who you are, a gratitude in who God is and your belonging to him can grow instead. And your testimony similarly can be an encouragement to so, so many. Here in this room right now, I think everybody is taking a look for that sin nature, what it is. And maybe there's more than one. Really ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to begin to reveal that sin nature. And as you do, you're gonna be able to glimpse the edges of your spirit nature, that gifting. You're gonna be able to see what it is and what he's called you to from the very beginning. Amen? This is a time for new revelation. This is a time for greater unity. And I'm hoping that after today's service that there are some discussions that are happening, that you are talking to people about this. Because to me, this is so freeing. I'm almost 35 years old and it is so freeing for me to realize that the enemy has hated me since before I was born. And he's been doing everything he can to corrupt and disturb the giftings that have been placed inside of me. How much more free, how much more can we do? How many more people can we touch when we bust those crusties off. You know what I'm saying, people? I think that's like my tagline, bust the crusties. I just say it all the time. It makes Kayla laugh. If she were here, she'd be laughing. It also makes a way for greater unity. Sin creates division. Division between us, division between God, division between each other. Recognizing the gift within us will help us cast off those sinful natures to a greater measure. When we can see what they are and we can chuck them, we can chuck them further and farther away than before instead of just waiting in and praying for God to, to just save us or keep us from doing whatever it is that we are doing. 
calling it by its name and what it is gives you so much more power than just praying for the Lord to, to make you strong so you can resist. As we begin to see through that sin nature, the devil, as the devil has tried to curse us, instead we will be revealing the true giftings in us since our very beginning. It will become easier and easier to once again bust those crusties off and walk in freedom. And there's this quote that is kept coming back to me by Henry David Thoreau. And the quote goes like this. The price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Okay? Hear it again. The price of anything is the amount of life you are willing to exchange for it. Think about it. Christ gave his whole life in exchange for you and for me. Not a month, not a couple of days, his whole life in exchange for our freedom. And he still stands by that declaration that that was worth it. Yeah? How high is the price that you have been paying for you to live in a place of brokenness, doing less than God has called you to, believing that you are less than he has called you to be? How much have you paid in the currency of your life for the addictions that feed off from you because, honey, you are not feeding them. They are feeding off from you. And what is the cost in friendships lost where you remain unwilling to trust and forgive? How much more can we make the devil pay by recognizing the work that we've let him do and the goodness and the giftings that God has placed inside of us. Do you hear me, people? I feel like as it gets hotter, people are just wilting. It's okay, we're almost done. Worship team, if you wanna come up here. I was so excited, and I am so excited to, to be able to bring this message today because I feel like if we can get this on the inside of us, we will not only change ourselves, but we will open up strangers into igniting and freeing themselves from what the devil has done. So during this last song, I wanna open up the altar. And as you've been praying and discerning during service, I want you to come up here and discern more clearly what the devil has been making you pay. What he's wounded, what he's twisted, what he's corrupted inside of you. And I want you to ask God to help you take off that old nature. If you don't feel comfortable with that, take a chance. Take a chance on Jesus. Take a chance on this church. We're not going to judge you. We're going to love you. I want you to come up and I want you to ask God to reveal to you how you should really feel about your giftings, about that sin nature, about community and unity, making church a priority, trusting in God and what he says about your identity, not what the world says. I want you to ask for prayer and receive prayer. If you see a sin nature and you're not, a fr you're not sure what that reflection is of that gifting nature, okay? There are people in this church who are very, very talented when it comes spiritually with the way of discernment. And they will be able to help you 
If you can identify the sin nature, they will be able to help you identify that spiritual gifting. Does that sound good? Inquire of God how we can be used, how you can be used to help us be more complete, to help us be more full of his love. Amen? All right, close your eyes. Well, stand up and then close your eyes. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to go into this last song and then we're going to open up the altar, okay? Jesus, thank you so much for your presence here today, God. Thank you that we're able to take off that shadow, man, even in the, before that, recognize that old nature, Jesus, that does not belong to you. Thank you, God, that as we put a pin in that thing, it directly reflects the gifting that you've put in us from the very, very beginning, Lord. People might be afraid of that gifting. They might think that, no, that can't be for me. I'm not, I'm not, I could never do mission work. I could never evangelize. I could never lay my hands on the sick and the dying and see healing take place. He's going to shock you with what he has called you to. I did say that this is a day for revelation and I believe it. I believe there are gonna be people who are set free to a greater level today and recognizing what that sin nature is and what God has truly called them to. They're gonna be able to see all the dirty business in their past, the hurt, the pain, the situation, the people who were used by the enemy to corrupt and steal from you. And today, with your permission, if you're willing, God is going to start to restore that nature. Jesus, thank you, God. I pray that you would move so strongly amid your people. God, that people would be so shattered to pieces when it comes to the old nature and then so built up and edified when it comes to that new nature. God, we love you. We love you and we thank you for this freedom and this unity in your mighty name and all of God's people said, amen.